This is Pete from the Creepy Little Book, and you are listening to Our Brains Hurt. Welcome to another episode of Our Brains Hurt with Ron and Matt. Thanks for hanging out. Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey, what's up, dude? What's going on? Oh, not too much. Um, just a, <laughs> just a, a, a weird time to, to do this at, you know, it's a Saturday evening. Saturday it's night, still, yeah. Still light outside. It's kind of weird. But yeah, hey, it's, whatever. It's, it's dusk, which yeah. is um, appropriate for our next guest. Oh, that, oh, that, that is absolutely appropriate yes. for our next guest. Uh, we we have a good, musical guest. Yeah, we have a good one on tonight. Uh, yeah. He runs a YouTube channel. Uh, he's the host of a YouTube channel called Creepy Little Book. His name is Pete. He grew up a punk rock kid, ex-punk rocker. But his his YouTube channel, Creepy Little Book, is uh, we're gonna dive into some esoteric, paranormal, occult, uh, weird type stuff tonight. So, uh, but this is uh, Pete is one of my favorite YouTube channels when I, I like to watch my paranormal stuff. So yeah, he's uh, really good. Yeah. So this is a little bit of Halloween in July. If anybody else out there was a <clears throat> Coast to Coast AM fan with either Art Bell or George Norrie, uh, Pete is keeping it alive in that kind of sense. All right. So here we go. Let's let Pete into the room. Hello. Hey. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. What's how are you? We're doing good. Doing good. How you fellas doing? Good. Very Excellent. good. Excellent. Thanks so much Excellent. for doing this. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for Absolutely. having awesome audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> from the person who edits this i couldn't be happier by the few seconds we've been talking so far <laughs> excellent <laughs> it's probably better than my audio <laughs> i got myself a natty ice nice yeah oh yeah and natty uh, ice. what what kind of little uh was that a cigarello or was it a oh no sir not a cigarello <laughs> 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 nice <laughs> so we're gonna we'll get into the show uh, creepy little book in a few minutes but i want to just want to touch on your punk rock background and your punk rock okay. fandom um i saw a video i watched one of your videos it was about uh, the moon being fake the possibility of the moon being fake oh yeah that's a good one yeah and i noticed one. you were wearing an addicts t-shirt and i saw your misfits tattoo so Talk about uh, where you grew up and what kind of punk scene there was and how you got into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess I grew up in uh, in Philly. So uh, it was the late 90s. It was a prime time, mid to late 90s for the punk rock revival that was going on. Uh, and I got swept up in it like any other kid at the time. You know, it really spoke to me. Uh, it was a really huge aspect of my life for uh, two decades. It really shaped everything I did. And now I hate it. <laughs> I hate it for what it took for me. No, um, no, I really, I, I loved it for everything that it was. And I have a lot of fond memories of those times. Uh, just uh, getting away with being young and dumb and, and, and living that lifestyle, which you really can't understand unless you were there, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. What part of Philly did you grow up in? Northeast Philly. Okay. Northeast Philly, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I lived in Packer Park. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was there from like 
for second, third, and fourth grade, I think. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was I was born in Philly, uh, actually. I, that's not something a lot of people can say anymore. They don't have any more maternity awards. Oh, I was actually born <laughs> in Philly, <laughs> and uh, I was uh, raised in an area called Alney until I was about 10. And then we moved up to the Northeast and uh, that's, you know, I went through 12 years of parochial schooling too. So that kind of twists your mind up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that where you get all the the knowledgeable, like religious stuff from. I don't know where that comes from. I, I, it's a strange combination of that. It was definitely an influence. I, I can't deny the influence of all, you know, you're haunted by the angels and saints your whole life. So uh, yeah. with that aspect in there, uh, there's there's such a mystery to that religion that I think it opens the door to mystery in the world. Agreed. And, uh, you know, as a kid, my mom used to take me to the library all the time. You know, that was a, a thing to do in the 80s, I guess, because it was a place yeah. to go and it was air conditioned. And uh, I was just gravitated towards books about witchcraft and the occult and UFOs and Bermuda Triangle and all that crazy stuff. So it's, it's always fascinated me. Going back to the days when I was a kid and Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World used to run in reruns or yeah. uh, In Search of with Leonard Nimoy. Those yeah. really did it for me, too. It was a, it was a I was long, a, strange road. <clears throat> I was a big Arthur C. Clarke guy when I was younger as well. Oh, yeah, he was great. He Some was of great. The, they just don't do it like that anymore. No, 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 they absolutely don't. But I remember like when I when I first discovered your YouTube channel, um, I think you were in year one, like towards the end of your year one. Um, mm-hmm. every time you would put out like a video that, that dove into, you know, the mysticism of religion and stuff like that. I remember just being like, man, this dude's not reading off of anything. He's just kind of, he's just kind of rolling. I was like, there is some vast religious knowledge in, in, <laughs> yeah. in, in your brain, man. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, they tried to recruit me for the seminary, my senior year of high school. <laughs> they gave us all a big test. We had to take this big religion test. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I got called down to the gym where two priests from the seminary were like, they were younger priests. Obviously they were trying to recruit people to come be priests. Uh, needless to say that I wasn't the uh, career path for me, but I did receive Christmas cards from the seminary until I was 25 years old at my parents' house. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I would have been like, sign me up. If I could be an extra, like, uh, you know, do exorcisms. Send me to that school. Yes, you it, still got to give up the ladies though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. It's even in 2021, it. man, even in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about creepy little book. Um, you know, it's a YouTube uh, channel that you run. When did it start and why did you start it? Oh, we started way back in 2014, I believe. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's going to be seven years in September. And uh, I started it because I was podcasting originally. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'll go back a little further. The band ended. Like uh, it ended. It was over. Yep. The band hit the fucking wall, man. And yep. it was over. So that's why we're here. So I felt yeah. this. <laughs> well, I, I just fell into this crippling depression because so much of my identity was uh, based in being the singer of a band, you know, for lack of a better you know, description of what was going on. But it was like, dude, I was a singer in a band and I was a singer in a band for over a decade. And I was used to being cock and a walk. You know, <laughs> so um, when it ended, it was like so fucking tragic for me. I didn't know what to do with myself. So I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And I rounded up a couple drunks, uh, one that was actually a, the, the former drummer of the band and uh, some other friends. And we started a podcast called Gentleman Drunk, 
which you probably can't find anywhere anymore. I'm, uh, hopefully, I ripped down all the RSS feeds and such wherever it was hosted. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> but it was my first foray into doing anything mm-hmm. that wasn't musical related. And uh, out of that, you know, that, that kind of was fun for a while, but I was looking at it as podcasting and my co-hosts were looking at it as something to do while they were drinking. Right. So it didn't last very long. <laughs> the uh, extension of that, really led to creepy little book. I was working with a partner uh, named Greg on another channel called yellow cube. He had lived in Portland at the time. I was still in Philly. Uh, He was planning on moving back. So I spent the year waiting for him to come back, just researching, researching, taking notes. If you could see all the crazy fucking notebooks that I filled up, (laughs) I believe it. it, It's like, it's ridiculous. It's, It's just ridiculous. So I did that for a year. Greg came back to Philly. We started Yellow Cube. We were doing videos about the strange and mysterious. The workload became a little too much for him. I didn't think he was prepared to take on the responsibility of like doing a channel. So he walked away and I was left holding the bag. I said, well, what the fuck am I going to do with myself now? I got no band. I got no podcast. I got no YouTube channel. I said, oh, fuck it. I'll start it all over by myself. And we'll see what happens. Here I am seven years later, still nice. yelling in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you've gone through a few changes over the years, you know. I I I really like the format that you do now. Um, yeah. More more so than when you first started, like the podcast format, when you would have like those like three, four, or five other people on with you. Which some of those were good, yeah. but I, I really like the format you got going on now. Yeah, people did not like that format at all. Uh, I consistently lost viewership the entire year I did that show. I just watched my subscriber count drop and drop and drop like a fucking rock. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, that was, uh, I, I was really, we were more hanging out than doing a show. Yeah. And I think when I got more serious about getting back into the channel and, and really caring again, uh, because you go through lumps you know obviously you do anything for a certain amount of time you're going to go through these stretches where it's going to be exhilarating and you can't sleep and you're churning out ideas and you're creating content or you're in a slump yep. and you don't want to touch it at all right and uh and i think that i had found myself in a slump we were doing a panel show because i thought it was easy to do it was a way to keep the channel alive and in a way it laid the foundation for what i'm doing now uh back to taking it seriously but i mean i'm nowhere near where i was even three years in you know three years ago I used to crush it when I put up a video, like I would just kill it. 250,000 views, pick up 5,000 new subscribers. Yeah. But when the political climate changed yeah. in America and they started kind of cracking down on speech that was considered, how free am I am to talk here? I can totally talk free. Yeah. Totally yeah. free. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> they started cracking down on anything that I, I, I can't say shit on YouTube. So I gotta say, I gotta be careful, yeah. but, uh, they, they started cracking down on anything that was conspiracy theory related because right. there were weirdos that were denying Sandy Hook, obviously. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, and I don't deal in that kind of conspiracy theory. I'm talking about moon right. men over here. I'm talking about yeah. ghosts, but I still <laughs> get swept up in all that. Right. So I think that I've been permanently shadow banned on the platform. You know? and, and then unfortunately, it's like, just like the, today, it's like if if you don't agree with somebody, they're a conspiracy theorist. So that 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 term is thrown around so much these days that it's probably even harder for someone like you to do oh, what you're it doing. Really, it's very difficult. Yeah. And I've been a proud conspiracy theorist my entire life. Right. I mean, I, I've, I've always been interested in who really killed JFK right. or, you know, what's the deal behind Stonehenge? Like these things fascinated me, but yeah. I really don't care much 
beyond that when it gets into the government conspiracy stuff right. it's just it's too sticky it's too unsavory you get too political right. i don't like getting yeah. political yeah i, it, I really don't it makes n- nobody's <laughs> you're always gonna piss somebody off yeah you when piss you everybody political. off yeah. plus people in it, within the government you know the people that are on the wrong side of some of those conspiracy theories that are real you know they have vested interests in keeping those conspiracy theories oh yeah right oh yeah yeah they don't they don't want their shit strewn across the lawn you know no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So that's why I don't really delve into the sticky stuff. I yeah. I like my show to be fun. I like people to be entertained, to have a good time, and to you know delve into a topic of mystery. Like for tonight, for instance, I'll be talking about the Tower of Babel. Cool. Yeah. So I've been researching the Tower of Babel all week, and I'm like, you know what? How do I get an hour out of the Tower of Babel? Well, we'll sure as shit find out tonight. You know? We'll see <laughs> if we get an hour out of it. <laughs> that's awesome. What's, uh, what's some of your uh, favorite conspiracy theories? Oh, Antarctica. For for me, like I'm not, I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but there are two that I could, you know, get kind of get behind. And we've talked about this before. One is one is that we never actually landed on the moon, and the second one is that Hitler made it to South America. Like those, (laughs) those are two. Okay, well, I feel. I think we went to the moon. Okay. I do think we went to the moon. Gotcha. Um, did did Hitler escape? Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> they totally escaped. There's a breakaway civilization down there made up of aliens and Nazis. They live under the hollow earth in uh in the the frozen tundras of Antarctica, <laughs> Queen Maudland, New Schwabia. It is like the, the home of the last battalion, according to people, and the Dark Fleet. Yeah, these uh this uh, mythology that sprung up out of World War II. There's a lot of weird mythology that comes up out of World War II. You get that. You get the Admiral Byrd with the hollow earth with the secret diary. Mm-hmm. You get the Philadelphia experiment and by extension, the Montauk project. Right. So it's it's a, a great source of never ending baloney to talk about. Do you think do you think uh, Admiral Byrd's diary is real? I think Admiral Byrd went to the hollow earth. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the hollow earth. I, I mean, I mean, like that story about him and, and then the reason, the you know, the U.S. legitimately sending a f- naval fleet down there, you know, and then him exploring afterwards. That, I mean, that's it's compelling. It's a compelling story for sure. It really is. I, I love the hollow earth material. I just love every bit of it. I always say on my show. I don't believe in 85% of the stuff I'm talking about here, but the 15% I do believe in is nuts. You know? so. <laughs> What's the hollow earth thing? Like brief, just like, I, I'm not familiar with it. Okay. So the brief thing with the hollow earth is essentially there were people like John Cleve Sims jr. Who were building off older work from people like Edmund Haley, who had postulated that perhaps the earth was made up of concentric hollow rings. So kind of like a Russian nesting doll, but a sphere. This was later expanded upon. uh, This guy comes along in the 1880s named John Cleve Sims Jr. And he develops the idea of there being great entrances to the hollow earth at the poles. So he writes a letter to every congressman, every senator, the president, the princes of other countries, dignitaries, everywhere he can to try to raise money for an expedition to explore the hollow earth. He never raised his money, but he did go on a lecture tour. And he went all over the country talking about the hollow earth, trying to tell people about the hollow earth, uh, trying to continue to raise money for these expeditions and to spread his information. Uh, The hollow earth gets picked up again in the time of spiritualism. You're going to see it uh, in like the late 1918, 1920s kind of pop up. And it starts to appear in in, uh, works of fiction too. You've got, of course, Journey to the Center of the Earth. You've got Edadorfa. 
you've got the smoky god you've got vril the coming race where all these people encounter these denizens of the underworld uh the tradition continues on into the 1950s with richard shaver and the shaver mysteries uh which are fantastic i mean they're just mind-blowing but to sum it all up the earth is hollow there's a fantastic kingdom in the middle of it named agartha and there's the king of the world who is one of the ascended masters of theosophy and his name is sanat kumara (laughs) that's a (laughs) i will read up on that more because they are fascinating theories uh uh, the i think that the the closest place, though, I, to me, uh, the whole Admiral Bird story has always been the closest place to that story where it touches like something that people who aren't into this stuff can actually put their fingers on and go, oh, wow, that that actually did happen. Where does yeah. that lead? Something weird happened in the late 40s down in Antarctica. Yes, something, something definitely did. Very did strange. On there. I know, mean, uh, I mean, ad- limping back. Yeah. I mean, well, Admiral Bird takes a takes a what was it 1948. He takes. A, uh, a fleet a u.s naval fleet of a very large one like it was like a hundred thousand troops i think right or is it more than that uh no no it was it was but, around that yeah if my memory serves me correctly a couple it, aircraft it was, carriers like six or planes, seven destroyers planes yeah they, they bring a whole contingent down to antarctica this is very real yeah very and very they come real. back all banged up like they came back all banged up describing craft that had the ability to fly from pole to pole in an instant they basically described flying saucers down there yeah and then admiral bird when he left the the military or was it was he air Air force right or navy no i can't i think navy at the time i don't know if there was an air force but then when admiral bird left the navy essentially he spent the rest of his life exploring antarctica somewhat i mean he, he did like three huge expeditions down there on his own one where he left himself in um essentially was by himself in a little cabin for like months and months and months and months and months um claims claims he flew over the pole to a place that was tropics at least this is what his diary says or his supposed diary some people don't think his diary is real some people do but he wrote a story where he 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 was he met people and was taken to a, a tropic wasteland in the middle of Antarctica or essentially the inner earth. Yeah, these common these stories are all common. They have that common theme. In the Smoky God, Johan Johansson uh, tells the story of a fisherman and his father who sail into the North Pole. Like they, they kind of get lost and they sail into the hollow earth on their boat and they encounter these giants who claim to be the original residents of Eden. And they stayed with them for months and they enjoyed their customs and their life. And then they came back and they sailed out of the hollow earth and they came home and they said it was lit by a dimly, a dimly lit central sun inside. Wow. So the hollow earth is just fine. It's crazy. That's it's cool. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's hollow moon. That's right. <laughs> that's why, that's why these things have always intrigued me more so than like reading just regular fiction, because it's like, these are great stories. They're just as good as any fiction novel, mm-hmm. but there's that little hint of them that, hey, this might possibly have some truth to it. Yeah. And they snuck in Hollow Earth into that King Kong Godzilla movie recently. They did. Uh, there was a lot of Hollow Earth in there. Uh, it was done pretty well in, in my estimation. I would have loved to seen a little more of the central smoky sun that lit the place up, but the physics of it were weird. Uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, I, I never really considered how the physics of the interior world would work. Right. 
but I like the I like the mythology around it. You know, like yeah. I said, there's a there's a kingdom called Agartha, and there's a king named Sanat Kumara, and he's ascended. Uh, he's an ascended master of Theosophy, which also ties in with the Ashtar Galactic Commander. You familiar with these guys? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I how however am uh, <laughs> my, excellent. My 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 father uh, is um, real real big into some of this stuff. And uh, I remember him receiving a book from him uh, about subject matter on on that very thing oh, quite some time awesome. ago. Yeah. Yes, Ashtar Galactic Command. They're space cops. Yeah. They're the good guy <laughs> space the, cops. The the part of the Galactic Federation, supposedly, correct? Right. They yes. are. They yeah. are part of the Galactic Federation, <laughs> the, the Great White Brotherhood of Light. They serve the good of the universe. They are space cops. They're out there defending the earth from evil reptilian forces who seek to conquer and enslave us. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and God, if that were to be true, uh, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> if all of it were true, it's great. Yeah. I just did the the UFO report, the the Pentagon. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I saw that UFO video. report. Yeah. Just did that last night. Yeah. It's total nothing burger. Right. Total nothing burger. Total yeah. nothing burger. But it left the door open to these two possibilities that I noticed. One was that it mentioned there was a fifth catch-all they were using for these things they couldn't understand called other. So they were they were classifying things as like airborne clutter. These are like plastic bags or deflated balloons. I don't know how far out you are in the ocean if there's a plastic bag flying around. I've never been that far out on the ocean, but I don't know how you're getting a 7-Eleven bag whipping in yeah. the wind. You're out in the middle ain't of the no, Yeah, ain't no 7-Eleven bag descending 60,000 yeah. feet in a second either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was that aspect of it. I, the, the report basically came down to they need more money to kind of uniformly study the way these things are. Yeah. They, they classified there are five different types of these things, <clears throat> ranging from natural phenomenon like ice crystals and birds uh, to, uh, you know, piloted drones or other countries' technologies. Uh, but I think it left the door open to the possibility uh, that they could be from somewhere else. It doesn't say that they're not from somewhere yeah. else. Uh, for me, it's scarier if they're not from another planet. Yeah, because right. that terrifies me. Yeah, yeah like, me that, too, because whatever it is, is better than we are. Yeah, yeah, it's really scary if they're not from another planet. Even if they are from another planet, that's kind of scary because they're they're definitely better than we are because they're flying around in space. But I, I can wrap my head around that a little easier. If you start talking about, well, these things are beings from another dimension, they're interdimensional creatures that exist and they feed off of negative energy. You know, if it's something wild like that, I, people, I mean, do people even, should we even tell people if it's something that crazy? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I wonder about sometimes. Like if it was something really far out, if it was something like we couldn't comprehend. Well, now it people even know. In, well, in 2021, you know, quantum computers are, are a real thing now. And like, if you try to read into what, how quantum computers work, it's, uh, it's kind of mind blowing on that level of like uh, interdimensional shit. I believe the D wave is an example of one of these quantum computers. I think so. And uh, I watched either a presentation from the designer or the inventor of this D-Wave quantum computer. I think you watched the same one that I did. Yes, he refers to it as an altar to an alien god. <laughs> I love it. Is it is this <clears throat> is, is it the same one where the, he talks about how like 
he tries to explain what it's doing. He's like, basically, we're taking little bits and pieces of things from other dimensions and bringing yes. it to our dimension to help us. Yes, I, dude, I must have watched that thing like fifty times trying to make sense of it. And it's mind blowing. It is mind blowing. Like for some regular guy just to get up on a stage and have this like seminar where he's talking all this crazy shit to like scientists and you know normal professional people <laughs> and, and it's all being taken very seriously too mm-hmm. but i mean mm-hmm. well it's funny i mean we, we call it crazy shit but i mean you know how crazy were people who thought the earth was round back in the day you know what i mean like yeah one day this stuff may be like it's just you could become enlightened as a people eventually you know you keep learning new stuff maybe it's not bullshit you know what i mean it's yeah that, that's that's what's great about it i mean that's why yeah, I'd like to think the world is yeah much stranger than, than yeah. we can perceive with our own senses. We have limited senses. Right. I mean, we're only able to see in a certain visual spectrum. There could be all kinds of weird yeah. stuff going on outside of that spectrum that we can't notice. I mean, you watch right. a cat, watch an empty space, and it'll just oh yeah, my does that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like react to about. something up like in the sky, like, like or in the, near the ceiling. Like, fuck, what is he looking at? <laughs> seeing spirits like stop they're that. seeing spirits <laughs> they see ghosts yeah that's Something. why you get cats for ghosts and dogs for aliens i got both of them so mm, that's right there you go you're covered you're covered. covered you need to have the dogs for the aliens the aliens don't like dogs <laughs> i have a weird uh, so i've always we my wife and i have always had a couple cats and, and when we got married she had a cat and i had a cat and her and her cat kind of you know moved in when her cat passed away the weird it was the weirdest fucking thing like so we were in the basement and he kind of crawled up onto the ledge of the fireplace and that's where he was kind of laying down and we looked outside and on either side of our fences there was these two big cats one on each fence post on each side like one on the left fence and one on the right fence looking looking towards the house two cats we have never seen before have never seen since just staring inside the house it was the weirdest fucking thing. And the cat passed away. They went away. We haven't seen it. nobody. None of our neighbors have these cats. It was that's weird. fucking weird that's, as that's shit. Weird. That's, that's, <laughs> that's weird. weird. Animal ghosts weird me out. I, 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 I have trouble rectifying it. Like, how does it work? I think animals have spirit, but I don't think they have soul. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that they possess the essence of what makes a person a person in that same regard right but i do think they have spirit so i think that animal ghosts are possible yeah you know there's there's it's weird it's weird it's, it's yeah it was creepy. it was almost like they came by to like take him to wherever you know <laughs> like, it could have been they could have been gather his soul psych- <laughs> or psychopomps yeah <laughs> they were psychopomps that's what they were that's crazy <laughs> like like Thoth, like Osiris, like yeah. uh, Mercury, you know that's what they were. They were yeah, there to, to take them away. I love that. Have I, I, you know what? I'm, uh, the topic of Reapers <clears throat> and these kind of characters of psychopomps is fascinating. You find them in all religions where yeah. somebody shows up and it's like, hey, you're dead now. Like, oh right. shit, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, yeah. We have one cat now who's really old and sick, and so I keep looking at the fences to make sure that those other two aren't back. Like. <laughs> 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 if they come back i'm fucking yeah they're coming for the next one huh? Pete, yeah. if they come back i'm calling you right away if they come back for this next one <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm not a ghost hunter i've never gone ghost hunting <laughs> <clears throat> i've never i've never been on a ghost hunt i've never have um have you ever had any experiences like personal experiences 
Well, this kind of leads into that. I interviewed this paranormal group one day. Um, I had uh, arranged to meet up with them. This is back when I was working with Greg. This is before even Creepy Little Book. And uh, we go down to this little town outside of Philly called Brookhaven to interview these kind of uh, paranormal group down there. And we're sitting in their base of operations. And this is where they did all their extensive work out of. They, had, they used to hold classes there too. And, and it was just their, what they did. But they were made up of former policemen and former firefighters that were involved in ghost hunting. And they had a couple of spirit mediums, they also claimed. So during the course of this interview, I'm kind of sitting there facing them as they all sit around on a couch. Greg's got the camera over my shoulder. He's kind of filming them. My uh, girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, was there. Uh, and we're filming. And there's a staircase to my left. And I see somebody run up the staircase. Now, I know there's nobody else in the house, so I stop everything. Wow. And I say, yo, everybody, why did I just see somebody run up that staircase? And it looked like a child. Mm -hmm. like it was the size of a child. It wasn't big. And they explained, well, there, there was the ghost of two children that currently reside in the house. Because wow. sometimes when they go to a place, they can't clear it right away. But they can convince the spirit to come back with them and give them a new place to haunt. Okay. So uh, that's that's how they explained away the fact that there were the ghosts of two children living in the house. Um, I don't know if I saw maybe a shadow of a car going by mm -hmm. that tricked the eye into thinking something ran up the stairs. I don't know if this was the power of suggestion because I was hanging out with a ghost group in their haunted ghost house. Right. <laughs> so I I don't really chalk it up to a paranormal experience, but it's the closest thing I got to one. Yeah. That's that's probably the closest. And, and, you know, once I did a sizzle reel for a television show, we went to go film the sizzle reel for a TV show. And they had gotten Eastern State Penitentiary mm. for our use after nice. hours. Nice. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rad. Al Capone's uh, cell is in there and it's still done up the way they had it when he was Al Capone. Nice. you know, so like it's got a the most <laughs> plush bed and the most expensive furniture and artwork you can imagine for the time period. That's what his cell looked like. Wow. Hmm. So um, we're in there after hours. We kind of got all the equipment stored in one of these empty cells. And the place is dilapidated. It's just kind of falling in on itself. Yeah. It's very old. And uh, all the equipment went over while we were filming. You know, we're out in the hallway filming these long hallways in the prison. Uh, just these extensive corridors that radiate out from this central hub. And all the equipment was like somebody shoved it over and you wow. could hear it crash down. And I don't know if there was a spirit of an angry ghost that pushed it down or if everything was just stacked unsturdily. Yeah. So again, I, I leave these things open. Right. I, I will say that I don't know if I'm perceptible to spiritual energies. I, I don't think I've got the touch or anything like that yeah. where I can get the shine and yeah. uh, <laughs> you know feel the ghosts or, right. or, or how anybody would put it. I, I don't have that. I don't possess that quality. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I, uh, Speaking of a little kid ghost, I lived in a house that had a little kid, uh, some sort of spirit or something. Um, it it would it only showed itself to me and one other roommate. It was a mid twenties. There was like four dudes living in a house, and uh, one this one guy Brian that I lived with used to tell us he'd be like, "Oh man, have you guys heard the little kid?" And we'd be, we'd all be like, "No, Brian." We he was like, "There's a little kid that's upstairs that runs up and down the hallway when nobody else is home." And we were like, you know, you know, we, we thought he was, you know, just fucking with us or whatever. And then uh, one day I was in the basement and the hallway was above my room and I was home alone. 
like reading a book, laying on my bed, and sure as shit, I hear like a little kid run down the hallway above my room. That's creepy as hell. And I was like, not, not, uh, so I like, I go upstairs and like nothing's there, no one's there. <laughs> Brian gets home, you know, I'm like, dude, I, I heard the kid, man. Like, I, I heard it. And then a little while later, it was just me and him home one day and it happened again. I was in my room, he was in his room. And we basically both ran out of our rooms at the same time and like met at the top of the stairs. And he was like, you hear it? I was like, I did. I, did you hear it? He was like, yeah. Uh, but that, that was crazy. Um, so then we had some friends who their mom was like, I don't want to say she's like a Wiccan, but she's into that kind of stuff. And she's definitely like somewhat of, I guess, considers herself maybe a little bit of a median or something. Uh-huh. But we knew she was all into that and she's super cool. So we asked her to come over to the house because we had some weird stuff happen. We didn't tell her what happened, but we had some weird stuff happen and we wanted her to check it out to see if there was uh, something in our house in, in sort of a spiritual way. And so she comes over and like, you know, brings a bunch of stuff, crystals, sage, all that kind of stuff. And uh, like does her thing. And then when she's done, she comes into the living room and she's like, there's a little child here. And we were like, no fucking way. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we told her the story of what happened after she said that. She was like, yeah, there's a little boy who lives here. And we were just like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what That's the creepy. Fuck? That's what why I fuck? don't mess with tarot and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I don't want to know that kind of stuff. Like, I, that's why I don't mess with tarot. That's why I don't deal with witchcraft. That's why I don't mess with none of it. Like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Like, I'd rather not know. If, yeah. if you could if you could meet or capture or just t- get a glimpse of a cryptid i'm in i'm from maryland uh we have the buoy goat man a lot of people call it the maryland goat man if they you know but for us it's, it's from Bowie, right. the next town over beltsville well you have to try to differentiate from the texas goat man right right right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, maybe the jersey devil yeah, too the know? jersey devil's a good one yeah <laughs> yeah if what's your favorite cryptid story or you know what cryptid would you okay. like to have dinner with <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this year, Bigfoot gets my vote. Now, yeah. you know what? I love cryptids. I, I think cryptids are, are a fun topic because they're so vast and wild. And some of them are rooted in the idea that there are extinct species that might still exist, like the Tasmanian tiger. Right. So if somebody's like, oh, crikey, I saw me Tasmanian tiger. <laughs> you know, um, I think that uh, there might be some reason to say, hey, let's check. Maybe there could be a surviving Tasmanian tiger somewhere. When it comes down to stuff like bat squatch or the rebobs <laughs> who are flying monkeys, when it comes down to those kind of things, and they're the rebobs are flying monkeys from Northern California. You got to watch out for those. They're not good. They got wings and they're monkeys. So they're very <laughs> that was always my, my least favorite yeah. part of the Wizard of Oz. That was always yeah, well, out. I mean, that's, that's where a lot of this weird stuff comes from yeah. is even like uh, uh, logging like logging and, and, and trappers, like they would come up with these crazy stories. And that's where Bigfoot comes from. A bunch of guys working in the lumber saw Bigfoot tracks and they reported it to the newspaper and the newspaper was like Bigfoot. And ever since then we've had Sasquatch. Same thing with uh, Travis Walton, the, uh, the lumberjack fire in the sky. Yep. You know, he was out working on the logging, you know, and, and that's where the UFO story comes from. So uh, or at least the story of Travis Walton's terrible abduction. Uh, 
Yeah, I just watched that movie recently. It was fucking great. You should. It's you just should. great. Terminator <laughs> 2's in it. It's great flag. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, oh, it's a fantastic flag. I remember going to the movies with my dad when it came out in the theater. But oh, so so since you recently watched this movie, I actually have um, a little picture I made on my phone. If you take the aliens from that movie and put them right next to some pictures of Joe Biden, they look exactly <laughs> the fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not even kidding you. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) The aliens in that movie, I think, are the least impressive part. I I think they They, really gloss over his story where because in the the book, he meets human looking aliens who calm him down because he's like, man, these are beautiful people. They're so beautiful. Like, uh, so I don't know if the aliens are able to do mind control on you and make you think that you're seeing people or if they're able to shape shift into people. Uh, I would I would lean towards the you know the former that they are using mind control. Yeah, uh, and and that scares me too. Like, what if these things from the spaceships have mind control abilities? I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to worry about some moon men coming <laughs> down here and manipulating my mind. Do you think they're here? Hell yeah, they're here. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. They're here. They're here. They look like us. Like some of them look like us. I think. I think they're underwater. Maybe. I think they're underwater. So maybe yeah. maybe they do come from here and they're underwater, or they maybe not come from right. here originally, but maybe like no, they could, man, they could because they, they could be ultra terrestrials. That's true. Yeah. It's true. They could be ultra terrestrials. And somebody dropped this bomb on my on my chat last night when I was doing a certain live stream. They said, "Fucking omni terrestrials, dude." I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, what are you even talking about here? We're talking about things that are like like gods. You know, yes. you're talking yeah. about things that are like deity. If you're talking about omni-terrestrials, yeah. So get out of here with that stuff. Yeah. And they come from the planet Earth. Get the fuck out of yeah. here with that stuff. I can wrap my head around Gleeklorp from Planet Melmac, but I can't get down <laughs> with uh, you talking about gods and stuff. Like here comes Zeus. Get out of here. I mean, isn't that essentially what the Anunnaki were supposed to be? Granted, not from here. Uh, but. Yeah, the Anunnaki are psychopomps too. They're the judge of the dead. Yeah. In uh, ancient Sumerian, Babylonian, Akkadian, and Assyrian pantheons. I always get happy when I get them all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Anunnaki were like the judges of the fates of men. Those, yeah. But according to Zacharias Sitchins, they were coming here and they were doing all kinds of weird stuff with our DNA, those, which is a, in the book, The 12th Planet. Those books are great. Like, I mean, even even if you just read them as thinking they're fiction, they're still fantastic books. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Zachariah Sitchins is crazy. Yep. Like all of it's crazy. Yeah, no shit. It's so crazy. Like I love it. I love how crazy it is. I, I, I'm obsessed with the mythology of the UFO. I'm just obsessed with it. So essentially what you have happen is people see something in the sky they can't explain. And from that, we get aliens. I don't know where that logical leap and jump was made and exactly at what point, but it was made and it's become foundational to the lights in the sky phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So like I can talk at length uh, day and night about, you know, look, we're seeing lights in the sky. We don't know what they are. We have no idea what they could be. Uh, Or I can sit here and say, they're ripping a hole through our reality. They come from another world. You know, <laughs> they come from a world outside of ours. They are ultra terrestrials. They, they could be. And this is wild. The fae folk of mythology. Oh, the, oh, the, yeah. The, like, uh, like fairies. Like, and, the, like, yes. Like fairies. Yeah, yeah. Like fairies, like elves. I know that sounds wild, but Paracelsus, 
who was foundational in Renaissance alchemy, pointed out the idea of these elemental spirits, things like dwarves that could swim through solid rock, things like fire elementals like the salamander. So do these kind of spirits exist? Are they tied into bigger, broader phenomena? Are you familiar with David Politis? No. Oh, yeah, the uh, Missing 411, right? Yes, Missing 411. So look, the Missing 411, I think we're dealing with elementals here. I think people sometimes stroll out into places they don't belong, and they encounter elementals who snatch them up and take them away. I mean, never be seen again. I mean, some of those stories are insane. Like a three-year-old goes missing, and they in in a national park on a mountain, like at the base of a mountain, and and they search this mountain for two weeks straight, and they have combed every inch of this damn mountain, and then they find the three-year-old like six thousand feet up the mountain. They find the body of the three-year-old six thousand feet up the mountain, like less than three weeks later. And, and like no animals have touched it. They searched the area where they found the body like five and six times. Like, what is that? <laughs> you know, it's insane is what it, it is. is. It's absolutely insane. Like, I, I really don't delve into the phenomenon a lot because it's depressing. Yeah, it is. When it you is. get into those stories, when you talk about the kids going missing. But I, I think that like the, the most recent film that they put out is called The Hunted, I believe. Missing yeah. 411, The Hunted. Yep. And that's the one with the stories of the hunters yes. <clears throat> going missing and with, such. I really think these are elemental spirits people are, are walking into. In the ancient Celtic regions, they called them the Tuatha Dadana. Hmm. They were like the fairy kings. They were like godlike. Who knows if these themselves were extraterrestrial beings or extra-dimensional beings and where these th- kind of things originate. You know, uh, a lot of times on my stream, we'll get into talking about the Book of Enoch. Crazy. That's and a, the Book of Enoch is yeah. a, a pseudopigrapha. It, it, it doesn't count in biblical canon, but it tells the story of these 200 angels who come to earth and their job is to watch over mankind in the days after the fall from Eden. Like that's all they're supposed to do is watch the watchers. For anybody out there that's listening that doesn't know what the Book of Enoch is, when was the Book of Enoch written, Pete? Well, there's a lot of dispute on when the Book of Enoch was written. Um, So it was definitely in use during second century period Judaism. So for people like Jesus and the apostles, it was something they would have been familiar with. Yeah. And so it, the people who wrote it meant it to be with the rest. Like, like you're saying, it's not officially part of religious canon anymore, but the people who wrote it meant it to be part of religious canon essentially with for lack of a better term no no i i absolutely agree with you and i i think that it is uh to the exclusion of the work is a detriment to the overall piece but the ethiopian coptic church has always kind of kept this the ethiopian orthodox Tewahedu church has always kept the book of enoch as part of their canonical bible and ethiopia uh, as a quick aside is a very fascinating study in a time when the world was a crossroads between three major faiths that all like kind of came to be in a place in Ethiopia called Aksum, just real like high adventure, swashbuckling, fighting over territory stuff, like really interesting stuff. Is that the um, um, the, the religious like sect in Ethiopia that has like the the cross church that was built out of the or like carved out of the the rock? Right, where, where they have the Ten Commandments. Where supposedly mm-hmm. like yeah, the the Ark of the Covenant may possibly have been kept at one time or may still be. Right, right. 
<laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. See? Yeah, you <laughs> know what you're talking about here. This I is, like it. This is why I love your channel. Well, I appreciate it. That, <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm talking This about. is why you're here talking like right this. now. This is, I love it. I love getting weird like this. this <laughs> yeah, me too. It's just so much fun. I just I look forward to this. This is what I mean, this is what I do. I look forward to it every night. I get so excited. That I have even a platform where I could fire up the old computer yeah. machine and be like, "Hey, everybody, let's get fucking weird." <laughs> what do you think's oh, on Oak Island, it. if anything? <laughs> the Holy fucking Grail. I, hope so. I think uh, <laughs> I think Sir Francis Bacon had something to do with it. I think the Count of Saint Germain was involved. I think there were Rosicrucians behind it. I think the Holy Grail's at the bottom of that pit. I think nice. there's got to be something down there. Something. There's yeah. got to be something down there. Uh, that is definitely part of an expedition that came to America well before Columbus. Definitely. There, there's no doubt in my mind. Well, I think the Vikings were here before Columbus. The Phoenicians were probably yeah. here before Columbus. There's tons of people were here before Columbus, but in the aspect of what's in Oak Island, like specifically, I think kind of along the same lines you do. Yeah, I, I don't here. watch the program. Like, I, mm. I haven't had I, I cut the cord with cable many years ago, yeah. so I've never seen the Oak Island program. I don't know if it's anywhere to stream. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't, yeah. I, I don't watch it either. I just know the stories. Like I watch you. it at I've work. Seen bits, I've seen bits and pieces or highlights, if you will. But, but. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the shows are going to be like cutting edge. They're going to be down on the ground. They're going to be like, hey, here we are on Oak Island. Yeah. Look, I just dug up a, another plank of wood. Yeah. You know, just the fact that they keep pulling up blocks of wood and stuff like that. <laughs> Leave me to believe there's yeah. something down. Yeah. The like, fact that that somebody went through a lot of trouble. The fact that that fucking hole goes so deep and there's so much shit and like, like just tunnels that go out to the ocean that and the thing keeps flooding over and people keep dying trying to find the bottom of this damn pit. Like this has been going on since the 1800s when they first found it. Like it blows my mind. What is it? It's insane. Like how could somebody have built that? You know, previous to the 1800s, because. Who knows how long it was there before they found, you know, modern day found it. Aliens. It's creepy. It's, yeah, aliens. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was the, yeah, it's, 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 it's the ultra terrestrials, so man. We're beyond aliens at this point. <laughs> We're down to the ultra terrestrials. <laughs> I got I got to ask you the three questions that we ask every every person on the show. So okay. escaping the paranormal for a second. Or you could have a paranormal answer, I guess. If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? pizza beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect what kind of toppings are you just a cheese guy uh sausage and onion okay mm. very nice i can get into that so uh now what they're doing is you could uh take your ashes if you get cremated and they could press it into a vinyl record so if you were to have your ashes pressed into any vinyl record any album which would it be oh. that's a tough this is a tough one <laughs> I'm gonna go with "Use Your Illusion" one by Guns N' Roses. Oh nice. shit! Was that? That's the that's one? November Rain. November buddy. Rain. Yeah, yeah. Hell that's yeah. that's, that's November, November Rain. Rain. Yes, it is. Because if my ashes are gonna be a record, it's gonna be November Rain. Hell yeah! <laughs> that's it. Sorry, no, I know no. that's not the punkest answer, but no, no, whatever. Illusion. Any yeah. any record, man. It, now you'd be surprised yeah, some of the Rain. answers we've had. It's, the Bangles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Bangles. Yeah, yeah the Bangles. Nice. Was one, yeah. Uh, Shout out Jay Prozac. <laughs> yeah oh that's right that was different there was a beatles i think somebody mm -hmm. beatles record which you know i, I could see bruce yeah. springsteen that's right yeah that was uh justin, was justin pressure yep. yeah <laughs> oh born to run would be good too that'd be good yeah, yeah. that's a good tune that's a good right. tune that always gets the motor running <laughs> 
pizza and GNR. Cool. So who would be on your Mount, your Mount Rushmore of punk rock? If you could think back to your punk rock days. You also get a crazy uh, horse, by the way. Yeah, and you get a crazy horse too. Yeah. So I, I'd have I'd have just five images of myself. Just I love it. Five images of me. I'm the punkest dude that ever was. I'm as punk <laughs> as a brick fucking wall. I don't give a fuck about these other cats. I had the best hair. I had the coolest jacket. I was the punkest dude you could ever fucking imagine. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still in Philly or around Philly? Yes, yes, okay, cool. I'm still stuck here. Stuck, <laughs> still, still stuck here. Still stuck here. One day, one day, I'm gonna fly away. I'm gonna live on the moon with uh, Dracula on the dark side of the moon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we brought it back around to punk rock, uh, we were talking about you know, or you mentioned uh, the band that you were in for ten or so years. Oh God, those things. Yeah. yeah. What What was the name of said band for everybody listening? Uh, okay, so there was Anger and Addiction, uh, Anger and Addiction, and you can find them on SoundCloud because I haven't put them anywhere else <laughs> in low these many years. Uh, there's also oh. another band called Last Year's Youth. Uh, I know there's a, a second band named Last Year's Youth out of Georgia, but we were Last Year's Youth out of Philly. Uh, you can find that on Amazon uh, to download. I don't know who gets the money for that one because I don't see a dime from it, but somebody's <laughs> selling it on yeah. Amazon. So if yeah, you want to yeah. get it, you can get it there. Somebody's selling it on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know which rat master's doing it, but uh, but yeah, it's up there. Uh, Anger Addiction was my baby. Uh, I, I loved that band. That was like the shit. Uh, a lot of morality tales in the lyrics of those songs. Uh, that was really the highlight of my songwriting was taking a morality tale and like spinning it around and trying to apply it to the lifestyle. Uh, so that's uh, the highlight of what a lot of that music was about. Uh, and it was thrashy. It was more thrashy than a lot oh. of other stuff. We got compared to DRI a lot. Oh, nice. But like I said, if you're looking Love for it. it, it's called Anger and Addiction. You can find it on SoundCloud. Maybe I'll find a way to get it elsewhere. I don't know. I'm not I'm not as technical as you would assume a YouTuber could be. <laughs> YouTubing's kind of easy. Yeah. SoundCloud's SoundCloud's pretty easy though, you know. Tons I will uh, I will, yeah, I, I will end the podcast old. with a with a track. Oh yeah. Addiction. <laughs> yeah. I will find a track and end the podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Nowhere fast I recommend. Nowhere fast? Nowhere fast. Yeah. Nowhere fast. Yeah. Not to be confused with the song of the same title By the in the great movie Streets of Fire, <laughs> starring none other than uh, what's his name, Rick Moranis. Oh, uh, poor Rick Moranis oh, got punched oh, in the face. Oh, Rick! <laughs> you heard about that, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I know I, I did. did. I saw the video. Yeah, he got popped so in the bad. eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, poor Rick. What do you think about uh, the government changing UFO to UAP? I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I'm a UFO guy. Uh, I know uh, some of my colleagues in the business uh, go with the UAP thing a lot because, you know, they, they want to be taken more seriously in their research of it. And I understand that because as, as one pointed out to me, you can't go to these generals and these senators and go, hi there, mister. I want to study the UFOs. You know, you got to. Isn't that what Tom DeLong did? <laughs> That's exactly what Tom DeLong did. I don't know. But it worked for him, right? Yeah, he's got yeah. a book out. He's got a production oh, yeah. company. He's making movies. He's he's doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> he Tom basically DeLong, was like, guy. he was like, he was like, hey, I got a shit ton of money. If I pay you millions of dollars, will you tell me if these things exist? And they've just been running them around in circles ever since. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that's my opinion, at least. <laughs> yeah, I think the UAP thing, I think it's just the, uh, the government's way of trying to get them away from space alien type things. You know, like I'm a fan yeah. of George Carlin. George Carlin used to always rail about, you know, how people change terms like shell shock is now PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the original term, you know, if it was still called shell shock, possibly, you know, maybe people would be helped more because of the term, you know. So it's just like government speak to kind of like lessen the severity or lessen the kind of, you know, seriousness of it or whatever. But I think going from UFO to UAP is kind of their way of trying to get rid of like the alien aspect of it. I agree with you there. I agree. They're trying to distance themselves from the mythology that's built up around it. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense from a political standpoint uh, to try and get away from all that woo woo stuff that for me is my bread and butter. I yeah. Mean, you know, make it crazier and I'm, I'm going to talk yeah. about it, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you're right. They're trying to, they're trying to rebrand. They're trying to get away from it because I don't think they really know what they are. Right. Do you think, Pete, do you, I, I do you think they're doing it to try to put weapons in space? Could be. Could I, be. It, Possibility exists. I mean. That, that was something that. Uh, I, I don't doubt there already are there weapons in space. You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, I that's, that's very possible. That's very possible. Uh, I but, think they've probably been up there for a while. You know, these kinetic bombardment weapons, the rods from God kind of thing. I mean, who knows? Yeah, this Reagan kick, was the one who started Star Wars. So, so yeah, I mean, it goes back forty years at this point. Well, I mean, do you? I mean, I, I'm sure you know about <laughs> this conversation, but like the one lady who talked about uh, how Werner von Braun used to tell her that there was like certain steps that they were taking, and one of those uh, one of those steps in the future was going to be that um, they would, you know, push the alien agenda thing to try to put weapons in space you know what yeah. i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about uh, i don't know how much stock i put into that i think you know you got to consider the source yes i agreed completely so, agreed. uh i don't know it's just so far-fetched to say hey unless they come out and they're like yo check it out we found life meet gleep glorp yeah and here comes the alien <laughs> the alien's like you know, like, you know, aliens standing at the podium waving at people. You know, who knows if he's psychically talking, like answering questions with his mind. I don't know how it works. It- but until that day comes, I don't know what happens first. Do we get disclosure? Or do we get first contact. Do the aliens just finally show the fuck up? They just land. If they That's ever really, if they ever really do it, I hope they do it uh, Chappelle show style because that was. <laughs> it was perfect if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i don't think i recall my memory of television is terrible it was basically gleep glorp standing at a, a press conference in the white house next to the president oh, gleep glorp, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think they have, i think that's how we find out they just land because i don't think the government's going to disclose shit you know? yeah no i'm yeah. with they, you no they won't yeah there's a there's a level of control there that they want to maintain i mean it's it's pretty blatantly obvious yeah. like if if you do disclose completely you know if you know that something is from elsewhere it does kind of tarnish religion a little bit and there are a lot of it shatters a lot of things yeah and, and and i'm and i'm not trying to offend anyone when i say this but there are a lot of cultists on this planet 
And I don't say that lightly. And I mean that to some religious people because it goes beyond religion into cultism at some point. And those cultists, even if you don't think you are one, maybe sometimes you are, um, those cultists may lash out in bad ways. Because sometimes when you challenge people's belief systems, uh, they freak out. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's, so, it's like all the time now. Well, I shouldn't say challenge people's belief right, systems. Yeah. When you prove someone wrong, period. Right. That is a massive challenge to their belief system. And it can be mind-blowing to some people. Yeah. Like they don't know what to do at that point. Like they've lived right. their entire lives thinking one direction. And if it were to be thrown up on its head you don't know what's going to happen yeah i mean that's that's a whole other episode like you know what 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 are the implications to religion of aliens but that we could talk for like eight hours on that yes we could (laughs) i'll start baptizing aliens we've baptized aliens left and right (laughs) jesus that's what's wrong that's the the problem (laughs) i got a river right down the street (laughs) they'll be like guess what you got spaceships but you got jesus (laughs) you don't yeah you don't know jesus Maybe Jesus has been to their planets. <laughs> I'd like to see if they're well, that was the claims with people like Val Valiant Thor. So Val Valiant Thor was in a book called The Stranger at the Pentagon, mm-hmm. where uh, Val was a Venusian who was also a Christian from the planet Venus. Uh, and he stayed at the Pentagon and, and kind of worked with our government for a couple of, a handful of years. He was there for, you know, a cup of coffee. And uh, uh, then he went back to his spaceship, which he hid under Lake Mead. And nice. flew back to Venus. I, I uh, this was all story. in the fifties. Yeah, so uh, he was a Christian. Uh, sometimes the aliens are Christians. It's weird. Weird. Who, who was the original person to tell the Valiant Thor story? Oh, I forget his name. Was he it wrote was the it, book? Was it? It wasn't Phil Schneider, was it? No, Phil Schneider's the guy who got his penis it's, shot off by a space alien. Yes, but he did <laughs> tell. He did tell a Valiant Thor. Or a valiant. Thor well, he story. did. He 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 spoke the valiant Thor story, but he didn't write the book Stranger at the Pentagon. Hold okay. on, let me see. Because there's there was a band. There's a band called Valiant Thor. After that story, oh, I don't really? know if anybody's ever listened to them. Yeah, they're like a metal band. They're oh, their okay. their videos are are fucking awesome. Cool. <laughs> Frank Stranges. Frank Stranges wrote Stranger at the Pentagon. Yeah, it's an interest, very interesting story. Again, one of those ones that's like. This is so much more interesting than any fictional novel I've ever read. <laughs> and, and it may, there may be some truth to it. So you're doing your show tonight? I do a stream every Monday through Friday at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nice. On the weekends, I squeak them in at 11 p.m. Gotcha. Eastern Standard Time. And sometimes again at 3 a.m. Cool. Creepy little book. That's right. One yes. of my favorite YouTube channels. So cool. Thank you. Thank oh, you. I love it, man. I've been, I've, like I said, I've been watching you. So I've lived in this house since 2014, and I found your channel in 2014, which I believe was year one for you. Correct? Yeah, that was that was when we started. It was nice. it was it was back when uh, you had a, I believe, like a female counterpart for a little while. Yeah, Elena. She's a real estate agent now. How come? Nice. How come that ended? I, I figured the two of you guys probably started it together or something along those lines. And- uh, it was just, uh, we were working on that and kind of working on a separate channel that she was going to do like relationship advice on. And then that kind of fizzled out and she's got her own stuff going on. So like, it just yeah, kind of was like, Oh, well, I'll just do these on my own from now on. Right. Like I like the idea of having a, a counterpart at the beginning because it was like, I was working with Greg, you know, cause I was used to having a counterpart, but we just kind of went separate ways when it went to the creative side of things. Yeah. Well, I think your setup now is totally rad. Like, I love yes. I love the 
just the darkness and the microphone in your face. It's it's like it's a perfect <laughs> fucking backdrop to what you're talking about. I think you do a great job, Thank and you. I, you know, yeah. And uh, we're gonna promote the shit out of it um, on our social media. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I had I had when we were like kind of texting back and forth. I had told you I was probably gonna pick your brain on Antarctica a little bit, and this mm. is the point where I do that. Okay. <laughs> so when when I you know when I first found you, you know I I was kind of like loosely watching your videos here and there and then you started doing the your old style videos that clearly there was a lot of work put into oh um, yeah not not that there probably isn't now but those ones i know is are a lot harder to do than than what you do now um, oh yeah definitely. you have to have time and money to do those you started that series on antarctica and antarctica had been at the at that point fascinating me so much because of the timing of everything was happening during those few years and the, and the people that were visiting Antarctica um, because there were some very weird circumstances surrounding all of that, which you know, and your, your videos on Antarctica were more informative than any other video that I was able to find on the internet. And, and still to this day, and this is like seven years later, almost six years later from when those came out. Well, thank you. I'm really proud of those videos. They uh they were really they helped they helped build a channel. Like I put those videos up and overnight I added like twenty thousand subscribers or something crazy I mean, like that. Those those Antarctica videos are incredible, man. They like, just crushed it. They were like home runs, every one of them. Like, like I, I would just drop a video about Antarctica and it would just be smash it right out of the park. Over hundred thousand views. Because nobody else was talking about the shit that you were talking about mm-hmm. about Antarctica and some of the stuff that you were talking about was like very fucking real. I've got some interesting stuff that I've still yet to do about Antarctica. It's a piece that I've been studying for a while now. Uh, I want to make it a short style video, but again, it's just, it's a time thing. It's hard. That's, that's a killer. Well, you know, I mean, like I said to people, uh, cause there are some people who came to the channel and very early on, like you did and have seen the progression from, Hey, this guy had a co-host to this guy got real fat to this guy. Uh, <laughs> always slid down again, but now he's doing it by himself. Um, and then there's, there's the bulk of it where it was just like those Antarctica videos, uh, take like 30 hours to write, edit, get, get, to get right, to memorize. So I'll write them and then memorize them and then film them. I was always curious about that. Cause in all those old videos of yours, it never looked like you were reading off of a teleprompter or, or whatever, you know, people use at home, the computer screen it always just seemed like you were mostly riffing, but you memorized all that shit. Like you, Oh, it's insanity. It's just pure insanity. It's like, <laughs> let me write this giant, let me write all these pages of nonsense and then have to remember it. And also don't get it wrong the whole time. We will have to start over again. <laughs> all right, Pete. So we've been talking for over an hour. I know you're doing your search, your show tonight. So go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug. All right, let me do my spiel real quick. Uh, Hi there, this is Pete from The Creepy Little Book, and I hope you will take a moment to go ahead and check out our channel over on YouTube. You can find us live every Monday through Friday at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on Saturdays and Sundays at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We squeak them in a little bit early for you. I'm a simple master of mysteries, an antiquary of the arcane, or maybe just a weirdo yelling in the dark. But if your flavor is the fringe, and you want to get down into some strange talk regarding everything from the esoteric to the extraterrestrial, the spiritual to the supernatural, then you do want to tune in and join our community of the curious every single night only on YouTube. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pete. We'll have to have you on again in the future, maybe around Halloween. 
talk cryptids. Oh, sounds oh, yeah. great. That that would be great. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on, dude. Much appreciated. Take it easy, guys. Thank you for having me. Just won't let 